We affirm that God, who is just and loving, has a special concern for the poor in their plight. We affirm that God calls for responsible stewardship by his people of both their lives and resources. Those are the first two affirmations in the Wealth and Poverty section, Article 15 of the Chicago Statement on Biblical Application that came out in the late 1980s. We've been working our way through that. We took a bit of a pause. We got about two-thirds of the way through it, and then we paused for a couple of months at least. And the last couple of shows, we've been back at it. It's uh, me and David Forsey going through this. And right off the bat, i got to think about this. I I might agree. I might throw rocks. I don't know. I promised last week I'd throw a lot of rocks this week. So if if, if I'm in the balance, I'm not sure which way to go. Rocks are coming. I'm seeing some. Uh, I'm seeing some some trigger words there already. And uh, and David promised before we started this show that he was going to try to Jesus juke me. So let's see if he can get that in before the show is over. We'll All see right. What happens here. We'll, we'll turn it into the faith debate drinking game. Every time he Jesus jukes me, uh, you, you take a shot of like wheatgrass uh, beverage or something. Grape juice. Grape juice. There you go. <laughs> All right, so this first one, oh, by the way, uh, I don't know if I've properly introduced him. David Forsey is a pastor in the area, uh, leads a house church that meets in a number of locations because he's got people in his church that like to host. And so they just kind of yep. rotate it and, and uh, share the pleasures and the burden of, of such hosting. And I'm the pastor of a church that meets in my house, and we don't have people that, uh, that, that share that burden. So if you come to my church, you're coming to my house. So anyway, if you'd like to learn learn more about either one of us and our churches, you can go to householdoffaithinchrist.com. So we affirm that God, who is just and loving, I'm agreeing with that. Okay. <laughs> has a special concern for the poor in their plight. Are they in? Are they accidentally intimating that God shows partiality? Uh, I would say that He has a special concern for the poor in spirit. Do you think that's what they mean? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is in the section under wealth and poverty. So probably not. And we have been talking about material things as of late these last few articles and money. So uh, maybe, I mean, maybe the poor have a particular, the the materially poor do have a particular way in which they uh, draw our attention to uh, our, our spiritual need. And lack, but they're saying that God has a special concern for the poor. Yeah, I trust me. I, I don't want to come across as like just this hard case. We should be concerned for the poor, right? I would, if you took out the word special, right? We affirm that God, who is just and loving, has a concern for the poor in their plight. I'm signing off on this. Yeah. But special seems to make it sound like he has more concern for the poor than he does for everybody else. But God, the Bible tells us he's not a respecter of persons. He, he commands us not to show partiality for the rich or the poor. So why would he show partiality for the poor? Like it, it, I, I, I don't think I like that word special in there. Is it, uh, are they, yeah, I don't know what they're doing there. I mean, certainly, it, it seems clear in Scripture, uh, and probably in our own experience too, that our we are tempted to pay more attention. Right? You go through you go through Proverbs. You look at you know read James. Right? You know where it's clear that we as people who love are tempted to love the things of this world are tempted to love those who have a lot of those things in this world, where we are tempted to pay them special attention. So, 
are they, you know, in this statement is the idea that um, God, is, is it pushing against back against that sort of tendency? Yeah, or is it an early leading indicator for what has now come to be known as social justice? Right. Right? Maybe. It, it feels like that to me, so... Let's see what else they have here. We affirm that God calls for responsible stewardship by his people of both their lives and resources. That was the second part of what I read at the start of the show, and I, th I think that's totally fine. I don't yeah. see anything with that one that's right. Yeah. No, no rocks are coming on that one. <laughs> we affirm, this is the next one, that sacrificial effort to relieve the, here we go, <laughs> poverty, oppression, and suffering of others is a hallmark of Christian discipleship. <sighs> yes, I... Yes. However, <laughs> right? Is it just me? I mean, those are buzzwords. So I, They've become buzzwords anyway. They, they have, and that, 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 that makes it... Uh, maybe we have to get past that. I don't know. Uh... I mean, it's uh, so it, you know. Certainly, uh, the poor will always be among us. There's a reason why that is, and it is so that uh, you know we will always um, have that picture of poverty, and so that we can continually be, you know, those of us who are not poor can continue to try to. Uh, meet meet needs of others so uh, i'm i'm reminded of okay jesus is J jesus when he's talking to the pharisees he says when you uh when you throw a party invite people who cannot invite you to a party invite people who you know do do things for people who cannot pay you back for those things you know is that is that sort of what they're getting at here If we want to give them the benefit of the doubt, then yes. <laughs> I, and, like, I like doing that. And me. so let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say yes. However, again, this has been a theme now. This is the third, third week in a row now where we've been working our way through this where... Lack, of, lack of clarity? Yeah. I, I, I want to give them the, the benefit of the doubt, but now in hindsight, right? Let's see. Now, I, uh, now seeing where we've come in... It's been 35 years right? since this came out. And in 35 years... <laughs> I mean, a lot has changed, and a lot of people are asking the question, particularly over the last, like, five or six years, people are asking the question, how did we get here? And then you read something like this, like, you know what? I think I see some of the little seedlings that were planted that helped us to get to where we are, because we weren't careful in how we articulated things. We, we seeded too much ground in a desire to have, I'm all about a big tent, so that's not the phrase I want to use, to... Um, to soften, that's not the right word either. I, I, I guess it might not be fair, but it certainly feels like there's a self-conscious uh, attempt to heighten social considerations Okay. in these affirmations and denials. Okay. That we should have concerns in those areas, but they're so self-consciously aware that they've heightened it, and I think they're out of balance with what the Bible would say about such matters. Right? I, I, I'm, again, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just, you know, it's the way God made me. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I mean, it was, a, it was kind of a hallmark of uh, 
you know, in the Old Testament, right? Like there were, even in the laws, particular ways that God said, you know, that they should harvest their fields, uh, you know, in order to help provide for the poor, the the sojourner, right? Um, and one of the things they're not going out of their way here is is to uh, make any sort of additional call for the the brethren to care for the body. Hmm, that's interesting. That's missing yeah. from this. Because that what made that click in this fight when you mentioned Israel and their laws, it's about Israel taking care of Israel. Right. And there's no sense of you know, the church taking care of the church. You know, when Paul's taking up the collections for This is this is very, very general, broad sort of Yeah. Those when Paul's taking up the collection, he's taking it up for Christians in other cities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's missing from this wealth and poverty section. Unless it's I don't I'm scanning, I don't know that I see it in the next few, so Yeah. Let's see where it goes. That, that's a swing and a miss. <laughs> we affirm that just as the wealthy ought not to be greedy, so the poor ought not to be covetous. That's horribly written. <laughs> the wealthy shouldn't be greedy or covetous, and the poor shouldn't be greedy or covetous. Why are we? Do we think that the wealthy are are, are those not? Uh, are the wealthy incapable of being covetous? What's the, are the poor not capable of being uh, greedy? They are. Yeah. So that's, that's horribly written. Maybe maybe it's uh, maybe they're trying to show that that there are particular ways that a discontentment come out that they're. In, in the wealthy and the it poor. It should be. It should be. We affirm that the wealthy that ought not to be yeah. covetous, and the poor ought not to be covetous. Yeah, the in order to <laughs> the wealthy nor the poor ought to be greedy or covetous. That that, that would be better. Ah, okay. I like that. That's like better. That. See, we just improved this. That's <laughs> what we're here for. Let's pencil that in. All right. We deny that we may rightly call ourselves disciples of Christ if. We lack active concern for the poor, oppressed, and suffering. There it is. Here it is, especially those of the household of faith. You're by the way, that's that. from I'm Ga- happy about that's that. from Galatians chapter six, and that's where we got the name for our church. By the way, household of faith oh, in Christ. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah. So we deny that we may rightly call ourselves disciples of Christ if we lack active concern for the poor, oppressed, and suffering. I guess. As in, we should be compassionate people. Yeah, I don't know what active concern even means. That that is uh, is a little vague. Yeah, that's the problem. Like yep. if if I put like the right kind of meme on my social media profile, like is that active concern? Have I <laughs> showed that I'm solid with them? Solidarity? Are they talking about? Uh, I virtue signaled in just the right way. Active concern? Are they talking about you have to having the right feelings? Are feelings active concern, or is a uh, by active, do they mean action? And do they mean particular kinds of actions or whatever actions you feel like doing or whatever actions you... Some people are able to be more active or less active depending on their means. Now, again, we get into category things, but, you know, this is a theology show. <laughs> and so <laughs> think about it. You got a, you're pastoring a church, right? You got a member in your church. And or, or they want to become a member. They you know they 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 say they're a Christian and they want to be baptized, 
And so you're going to, you know, you're going to try to suss that out a little bit. You're not, not going to run them through the ringer, but you want to get a sense of our, okay, are they kidding themselves? Am I doing them no favors by baptizing them and right. giving a false sense of hope and right. assurance when they shouldn't have it? So I want to ask them some questions. Is one of the questions you're going to ask, so are you showing an active concern for the poor, oppressed, <laughs> and suffering? Hmm. I don't know, right? It's, are you demonstrating some fruit of the Spirit in your life, do you, right? Do you have love? Are you peaceable? Are you gentle? Are you kind? Uh, do, you, do you have self-control? Are you, are you at least desiring to have increased self-control? And are you, are you compassionate towards everyone? Yeah, not just the poor. Right. See, that's the part that's <clears throat> stuck in my craw. I'm not sure what a craw is, but it's stuck in there. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know what a craw is. I have no idea. Uh, I'll have to look that up after the show. Unless you know. Do you know what a craw is? Nope. <laughs> yeah, I've been saying it my whole life, right? I don't know what that means. Stuck in my craw. But right. why we should show an active concern for all people, including the wealthy, including the poor, including the well-to-do, including the oppressed, right? Including the healthy, including the suffering, everybody. Like, what this is, like, in today's terms, we're using intersectional language here. I, I'm, I'm not liking it. I'm not loving this. I'm not digging it. So we all are spiritually poor, oppressed, suffering. Now is the the those who are outwardly poor, oppressed, and suffering, they they bear that image. They put that on display. And so uh, so maybe Maybe part of what's going on here is they're, you know, in this statement they're saying if we're, if if our attention isn't drawn to those things, if we're not aware of those things and concerned about those things, then maybe we're not, uh, oh, maybe we're not concerned like we should be about spiritual poverty and oppression. I guess suffering. if I want to give them more benefit of the doubt than I, my instinct has been. I'm I'm looking at it with, with what we know now, 35 years later. However, right. authorial intent is is going to have something to do with yeah. the contextualization of the times. And think about it, late 80s. I mean, this is this is greed is good. This is yuppie. Everybody's driving a Beamer. Everybody's let I mean, the economy's booming at the end of the uh, Reagan uh, um, presidency, and everybody became very. Hmm. Uh, commercialism was was at, at a high level at that point, so they might have been speaking to an issue of their moment. Right. Interesting. And, and maybe we should learn from that as we're speaking to the issues of our moment to step back and say, okay, we spoke to the issues of the moment. Now, how do we talk about it? Let's say fifty years from now, our moments differently, or how would we have said this fifty years ago when the circumstances are different to have a better. Uh, a combination of words thrown together to, to say the same thing, but to not be so locked in with one narrow view. Because I think I think about it, the '80s is all about. I was money. I, I was barely there. It's all about money. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll bet you that's what that's what they're reacting mm. to. Just like today, we 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 would react against the uh, the SJWs, the social justice warriors. All right, we, that's right. our moment, and we would react against that. These guys are are are, are reacting against. You know, greed and selfishness and consumerism, those kinds of things were a big, big deal in the 80s. So uh, mm. that, that, that's helpful for me to think about 
that. Hopefully it's okay. helpful to the listener. By the way, craw. It could be the crop of a bird or insect. What's the crop? The thing on top of their head? No, it's where they uh where they store their food before. Oh, like in their in their uh like their throat? Uh no? Maybe. Uh, I'll go look that up. All right, okay, great. It could also be the stomach of a person or an animal. Yeah. Yeah, it's place of place of digestion of sorts in a in a bird. The crop is. Okay, so it's something in their like in, inside their belly, so it's not top of their head. See, I told you I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the crop is like they uh, eat a bunch of food and it, it goes into this pouch in their uh, gotcha, that's sort of in, their, in their throat, and then so then, it's like then later when they don't have to be afraid of predators, okay. they can digest it. So saying, it's saying you know that makes my stomach turn, <laughs> or it gives me indigestion, or it made me you know something in my mouth a little bit that it's I'm not going to say because that's difficult gross, to swallow, tough to swallow. Right, different ways to say the same thing. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That's a horse of a different color. I have to look that one up now. Uh, where are we? We have one more here? No, two more, I think, right? Okay. Yeah. We deny that we may always regard prosperity or poverty as the measure of our faithfulness to Christ. Okay. Well... It's anti-prosperity gospel there. Yeah, but you put always or never in anything, and it's like... Right? <laughs> You're always going to deny if it's always or never. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, prosperity or poverty is the measure of faithfulness. Or, absolutely, right? There are people who are incredibly faithful, and they and they're really rich, or they're really poor. Or there are people that are completely unfaithful, and they're really rich, or they're really poor. Like that's not. And, and it's interesting, right? There's there's, there's a there's a prosperity gospel out there, but there's also like a poverty gospel out there, right? That's true. Like yeah, taking the, a vow of poverty. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the, all the monks that went into the monasteries and mm-hmm. stuff and took a vow of poverty and gave up all their stuff and, and, or and the, both, the ascetics who lived out in the desert and stuff. Both, like both of those are alive and well today, as. Uh, as you know, unhealthy tendencies. Yeah, yeah. And we and what they're t- talking to here is the measure of faithfulness to Christ. So somebody has a lot of stuff, and you're like, oh, he can't be a faithful Christian. Look at his house. Just because God blessed him with a beautiful house doesn't mean he's not faithful, right? And and the Bible does. And like you, you read the Proverbs, the, those are general truths. They're not always specific truths in mm-hmm. every situation. But generally speaking, if you do good things, you're going to prosper, right? And so. So then you look at the poor person and say, oh, see, they're not faithful. They wouldn't be so poor. Well, no, because, again, it's proverbial truth. It's not always going to work out that way. So you can't gauge things by that. So that's that's a good, helpful reminder. We deny that it is necessarily wrong. They like that word necessarily. They use it a few times. We deny that it is necessarily wrong for Christians to be wealthy or for some persons to possess more than others. Yeah, I think we were kind of just saying that, and, and I agree with that. Yep. You agree with that, don't you? Mm-hmm. All right, we so can't. they're also saying it it could be wrong, sure, for Christians to be wealthy. I guess if they got it the wrong way, right? The right. being wealthy isn't the problem. Huh. It's being a being yeah. A, being so a, again, it begs the question: why the word necessarily is in there? We did yeah. not. Let's take it out. It says we deny that it is wrong for Christians to be wealthy. Or for some persons to possess more than others. Why, why does the word necessarily have to be there? Hmm. They that like that word. Yeah. Yeah. Too many philosophers were involved in writing this because that's a favorite word of so, philosophy. Yeah, so because in essence, it is, it is never wrong. The state of, for, of a Christian being wealthy is, is never wrong because that, that a state in and of itself is not right or wrong. Right. Yeah. How, how you may have gotten there may be right or wrong. Right. Right. But... Uh, how someone has gotten to poverty may be right or wrong. Exactly. You know, yeah. you may have done wrong things, and that led to your poverty. 
and uh, you know, and so neither one is necessarily <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> they, they they sometimes they get a little too wordy for their own good. You know, we got uh, uh, about four minutes left. Let's start on the next one because the next uh, article sixteen has quite a few more affirmations and denials than uh, the wealth and poverty section. So and it's, and it's moving from personal stewardship to. Uh, global, global, planet, er earthly, Mother Earth, mm. <laughs> environmental, as they say. Yeah, here. Article sixteen, stewardship of the environment. Mm. We affirm that God created the physical environment. That's an interesting way of saying it, for His own glory and for the good of His human creatures. Yeah, the physical environment. That's an interesting way of saying it, isn't it? Well, going back to you know what, last week when we were talking about you know. Uh, well, uh, maybe the week before, we're talking about uh, work and leisure, right? They're using maybe non-biblical terms here to, to describe things and uh, maybe to help people who aren't biblically as literate to understand what they're talking about. I know. Maybe to connect it to current issues, Yeah. to I, speak to current issues. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this isn't as timeless... As yeah. we were thinking they no, were going for. No. We affirm that God deputized humanity to govern the creation. The creation, that's a better, that's a more biblical term. I like that. Let's deputized. Deputized. That's not a biblical word. <laughs> you got a badge? I ain't got no stink. We don't need no stinking badges. Uh, you get the reference? That's from a movie. It, would it be... Badges? We don't need no stinking badges. As if God is the sheriff here. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we were given dominion. Right. Well, we're, we squandered it yeah, almost yeah. immediately. <laughs> Ta tasked with the the job. Uh, yeah. You know. All right. Well, here's some fighting words for some people because they will disagree with this one. Okay. We affirm that mankind has more value than the rest of creation. What do we mean by value? I think if he had to make a choice between, okay, I can save David Forsey's life if I cut down that tree. Cut down the but tree. if I cut down that tree, it's going to die. And you know what? Well, who's to say that that tree is any less valuable than David Forsey? Oh, okay. Right? Uh, I, I, I agree with where you're going, Troy. <laughs> Right, the, 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 the pinnacle of the creation, the thing that has the most value. I mean, there's there are prohibitions against killing people, humans, okay. because of their value, because they're image bearers of God. There are no prohibitions against, you know, slaughtering the fattened ox to have a nice meal. Okay. Right? So. That's true. I, 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 I affirm this. I agree with this 100%. But I know in today's world, you know, with everybody's, you know, mm -hmm. vegetarian and vegan and all that sort of thing. And if that's you... You know, I feel sorry for you because those steaks taste really good. But uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't meaning to be offensive. I'm sure I just was, though. So send all your hate mail to David Forsey. All right. Let's see. So, just, just give Troy the benefit of the doubt also. I appreciate that. <laughs> all right. So we'll, we'll pause there. We've got a handful of affirmations and some denials in this Article 16 that we'll get to next week. We've got about, you know, a, a minute or not even a minute left in the, in the show. So we'll wrap it up. David Forsey, thank you for being my partner yeah. in crime. I'm sure we've, we've, we've broken lots of laws today. Uh, I am Troy Skinner, and uh, this is the Faith Debate. You can find me and David online at householdoffaithinchrist.com. It's householdoffaithinchrist.com. Uh, also, you can go to the radio station's website, find the Faith Debate page there. That's WFM. 
D.com. Uh, and I always do this, uh, you know, at least once a month or maybe once every couple of months because it's fun. You can find us on the World Wide Web at www.wfmd.com. Till next week, 167 and a half hours from, oh, right about now. God bless.